Okay, back in the game. Mary, you have a very musical air conditioning unit. <laughs> I like how it you a jaunty ditty as you turned it off. Yes. My washing machine does a similar tune. Uh, you know, it's sort of low-key, inoffensive, but, you know, also slightly persistent, you know, when the cycle's ended or something. So... <laughs> Yeah, I like that in a, Thanks in a white beard. Yeah. <laughs> um, I feel like this episode started. Excellent. Oh, great. <laughs> okay, McMahon, we're we back. This is year three of Got to Be Done. And does it feel like school's back to you? Like, <laughs> I'm studying, feel, taking notes hard. I feel. Um, Actually, I feel more like a bandit channeling the dump. Like, I'm back, baby. Oh, like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm back, baby. But school's back yes. this week in Victoria. And I have to say, as a parent, I never appreciated um, quite so much, particularly this year more than any other teachers and just how bloody amazing they are because I cannot wait to get my daughter out the door to go to school. <laughs> and, um, yeah, if you're in the UK listening, um, huge hugs because you're all doing the virtual learning that we were doing all last year and it sucks. Um, and we're just thinking of you, but yeah, Liv's sick of me. I'm sick of her. I can't wait to push her out the door to go to school on Friday. We've been talking about it a long time. Like, yeah, she's been asking me for two solid weeks now, like school, school, and I'm just like, Friday, Friday. Hang in there. We're all hanging out for it. (laughs) Okay, class, something very special is happening today. Well, school is back um, in the Blueyverse as well because we're talking Barky Boats Mm. today, Kate, and – this is a pretty topical episode, I guess, both with, you know, school going back, it's a it's a new year, you know, all the kids are one year older and looking bigger and braver and, you know, slightly more in love, maybe, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but it's it's the last year we've got before our um, big boys go off to school as well. So I kind of was watching this episode taking furious notes about all the things that happen in primary school because I feel like <laughs> I need to start preparing myself. <laughs> Mary, you will handle the transition like a champ. And I think this episode is so great for just starting conversations about how it's normal to feel a bit nervous about starting big school, whether you're that big school for you is high school or kindy like it is for our boys. I've got a theory about Barky Boats. Um, from that very first scene with Calypso, with all the kids said, sitting down in front of her, um, and we're seeing out the window of this gorgeous, gorgeous school that they attend. Um, there is a jacaranda tree with just the first hints of jacaranda purple on it. Yeah. And I'm going to say, so we're in kind of spring, like mid-September maybe, yeah. um, maybe like final term um, of the school year, which is why the big kids who are about to meet are thinking about school next year. But it also kind of explains some of the ritual that seems very 
very ingrained in the kids. Um, they've been doing a few of these things, like meeting their buddies in the special in the place. Spot. You're going to see your buddies. Hooray! Now, go to the special place where you meet them. Yeah! And it also kind of explains why Bluey's a little bit um, apprehensive about maybe losing her buddy as well. Um, you know, feelings are probably a little bit more heightened because – uh, buddies are going up to big school. Does everyone have buddies when they go to school these days? Uh, I mean, yeah. Did you get a buddy when you went to school, Mayor? Very briefly. I remember it sort of happening in a very short window, but it was around um, jump rope for heart, which I don't know if that's still a thing either, but it was very big in the 80s that it was like a, a skipping fundraiser where you know, when you're at school, like everything is kind of sponsored per thing. So like you yeah. get, you know, a dollar for every book you read or, you yeah, know, three a, a yep. five cents for every rope you jump or, you know, whatever. Um, jump Rope for Heart was like a, a big heart fundraiser that all the schools did. And yeah, I couldn't skip. And my buddy who I think his name was Matthew um, and was a grade six um, was absolutely patient and phenomenal at just encouraging me to skip. And I guess, you know, like the buddy system, they've got nothing else to do apart from stand there and say, okay, that's good. Keep going, keep going. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, left me quite impressioned, I suppose. What about you? Uh, well, I was just thinking actually about your wedding day when uh, we ended up skipping <laughs> through a bunking garland to Sweet Child of Mine by Guns N' Roses. So, uh, Well, yeah, I, I should have thanked Matthew in my wedding speech. Clearly. <laughs> Mia! Bluey! <laughs> Can we build a fairy garden? Okay, let's go. Yeah, I definitely had a buddy and I was a buddy as well when I was in grade oh, six. Right. So, um, of course I was. Um, her name was Melissa and I remember one day in prep I didn't have anyone to play with and she, like, looked after me and that was mental. Oh. I think she found me some friends and then I was fine. So... Clearly, even though I'm not fuzzy on the details, the love remains. So uh, I think um, primary school is, yeah, the hazy days for a reason. <laughs> but, yeah, I think this this episode actually captures sort of some of that, the hazy details of um, primary school really well, though. Oh, absolutely. Um, let's, yeah. let's get into the plot. So... We start with um, Calypso back finally. Um, I feel like we missed her for a long time, right? Just loving that we're seeing more of Calypso in this season. Like, it's giving me so much joy. Like, we've seen her in typewriter. We've seen her in bucky boats. Yeah, it's it's great. She pulls a, a, you know, peak Calypso move very early in this episode as well when she's getting the kids excited. You know, she's got exciting news, um, but in the telling, um, uh, Bluey and Mackenzie are obviously both the most excited, mm. um, which prompts Winton to chime in with just that classic primary school line. <laughs> Ooh, Bluey's going to marry Mackenzie. No, she's not. Did that ring bells for you? Had you, you know, kind of heard that sort of? Well, I was, a, I was surprised that no one said jinx because that was like the automatic thing that anyone said at primary school yeah. when someone said the same thing at the same time. Like I'll still say jinx as an adult. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anything that rom- like romance, uh, 
we've seen a little bit in like fancy restaurant and stuff. Like a child's idea of romance is basically anything a boy and a girl doing together. And even saying the same thing together was enough to prompt Winton. And the reaction from Bluey and Mackenzie, I have to say, I'm disappointed with because they've been shipped so hard online. (laughs) 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 Yeah, like just even by me already so much. And, yeah, there's there's a lot of people on this bandwagon. Yeah, hashtag Team Jean-Luc forever. But, um, yeah, (laughs) I can get behind a Mackenzie Bluey um, future romance. Um, Naysayers who were sitting back going, oh, my God, it's a children's show. You shouldn't be trying to, you know, betrothed um, six-year-olds, I say let's just ride with this. Um, Look, I feel like we can say it as a parent without, you know, without the children around is the key thing. Like, you know, we're not going up to the children and saying, ooh, Louie and Mackenzie sitting in a tree. Yeah, that takes us to a whole um, Which was you very, like, top of the pops when I was at primary school. The sitting in a tree was, um, yeah, everywhere. Um, da, 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 sitting in a tree, K-I-S-S. I think that was, you know, one of the earliest words I could spell. So helpful, so helpful. But Calypso's response to Winton's chiming in is just classic, does not even acknowledge it, which... So smart, so hard to do as the parent. (laughs) Do you have a problem with this, Kate, that, you know, your child kind of says what could be considered to be the wrong thing, but either you sort of try and get in early before it becomes their catchphrase for the next 12 months or you say nothing and it still becomes their catchphrase for the next 12 months. It's just a perilous journey, isn't it, like, so often, um, yeah, so often it's like the one thing you don't want them to say and, and then you've, you've got like this second basically where it's like red pill or blue pill and it's like oh, yes. both pills are bad <laughs> and whichever path you take is probably not going to be ideal and in retrospect be like, why didn't I just ignore it or why didn't I just say stop that right now? But um yeah, I'm probably more ignore, I hope it goes away sort of parent. Or sometimes yeah. I'll just use a bit of humour, like, you know, like Will is obsessed with farts and poos, you know, like most mm-hmm. four-year-old boys are. So, you know, the other day he was running up to people and, like, asking my friend who was over at the time if she'd just done a poo in the toilet. And, like, you know, <laughs> in that moment I had to say to him, buddy, we don't ask people about their wheeze and poos. Um <laughs> <laughs> need to know, Kate. There may have been a reason he needed to know. <laughs> it's an important bodily function. To her credit, she was like, no, Will, I did a wee. That's, you know. Uh, I'm going to become a doctor now and be a gut specialist and yeah, who need to know I about everyone's wheeze and poos. Anyway. And it'll be like, huh, there's that lady who and told then, me I didn't need to know about wheeze and poos. And these are like all the online forum conversation stuff, right? Like you've uh, got your team who are like, no, you need to normalise these conversations in the team that, like, of like, no, ignore it, it'll go away. Um, but, yeah, I think I'm trying to talk about it with humour. Um, yes. yeah. What about well, you? How do you handle this? Well, well that, that is advice. the third way where you can't even help yourself but laugh and oh, that is probably the worst, the worst outcome of all because <laughs> we're discovering that um, our little guy, Caspi, who's two, is just – 
loves a go-to catchphrase. And it was sort of happening as he was starting to talk. Um, you know, he'd get up in the middle of playing and just go to, you know, walk out the lounge room door and you're like, Cass, where are you going? And he'd just like turn around, beam at you. He's like, pub and then like <laughs> open the door and just run out like laughing hysterically which oh, was very adorable amazing. um you know that joke is still a running joke he can now say caspi going to the pub and he still <laughs> think it's hilarious um he's but, yeah he's very much you know calling people poopy heads is very much part of the repertoire now um He's also like caught, latched onto um in the bin as a catchphrase which Cass where are your shoes is like in the bin and <laughs> I have no idea where it's come from but because we laughed the first time it's never going away Aww. it's just <laughs> everything is in the bin it's, it's in the bin's on fire coolest, and he's no doubt got a role in a 90s sitcom in his future <laughs> <laughs> got the catchphrase is sorted it'll be great Captain Mackenzie <laughs> Play barky boats? Uh, let's go with meeting the buddies. So we um, see Mia sitting under beautiful wind chimes, I guess, under a hill. It's it's so picturesque, this school. Like every time I see it, I'm oh, it's this is the Instagram school of my dreams. <laughs> and actually, you say wind chimes. I, I have seen those things in so many what you would call kind of hippie environs. So are they weaving or are they? Yeah, it's like weaving. You kind of get two paddle pop sticks, cross them. Like I feel like I have done this, but I don't know <laughs> what hippie fest it was at. Um, right. But then you kind of weave the wool around them, sort of going over and under and over and under. Um, I'm like, this must be, you know, there must be more to this than just terrible craft um and yeah it's something called a god's eye or, so um, or your oh my god tell me well i do thanks to wikipedia five minutes ago so stick with me so it's called a god's eye and it's got a lot of kind of spiritual meaning um the cross has four points i suppose which are meant to represent earth fire air and water um I'm like assuming this is kind of from South American cultures since, um, you know, it's there's a Spanish traditional name for it. Mm-hmm. But um, one thing I did read that, uh, well, in some cultures, a child is born and the father of the baby makes one of these and sort of puts an initial colour in and then every year on their birthday until their fifth birthday adds another colour and that's kind of, you know, a birthday tradition they have together, which sounds really gorgeous actually. Um, yeah. Yeah, but, like, they're just also such an easy craft activity for small children and, you know, you really get kind of mesmerised by the over and under and colours and weaving. Um, I can see why there's so many of them in the tree at this school. I think it's been a lot of, uh, okay, quiet time for overactive children now kind of thing. <laughs> I'm just thinking, like, you know, is that, like, the dad equivalent of a baby book and is the mum, like, three months ago you really better put that other color on like wow like at least that's achievable like yeah oh I have to you know tie one strand of wool on and weave it around whereas you know (laughs) collating photos from three different phones and trying to get them in the right dates and like you know dating their first word (laughs) (laughs) yes yet again dads have it very easy I think (laughs) is the moral of this story Just kidding, Dad. We love you. I'm loving that you um, Googled. What did you Google? Was it like wool, windy tapestry in uh, green? I think I, like, 
googled cross stick wool weaving and that <laughs> delivered the goods. <laughs> nice work. We are getting really good at Googling, I've got to say, since we started this podcast. <laughs> amazing what you can find oh wikipedia we, we are those people that need to click the donate now button really aren't we like, <laughs> yeah it's true <laughs> so we meet mia and we meet captain um now there was some debate online as to what breed mia was but we did get it confirmed from costa one of the art directors that she is an english setter um, yeah, there was some, there was some wondering if she was an orange roan cocker spaniel, but no, apparently they just, English sitters are normally brown and they thought, let's give her a blueyified makeover with that beautiful, um, orange perhaps. Yeah, yes. Yeah. And then Captain is a foxhound, very dashing, sporting. Such a good dog name. I think this is the year I get a dog, Kate, and I'm going to call it Captain. Just lock it in, it's Eddie. It's with Brand Mary. I mean, like, you know, it's kind of <laughs> yeah. piratical and, yeah. Going back and forth with Costa, um, about this episode as well. He he was surprised to hear his name was Captain because they had so many iterations of the name before they found the perfect one. But oh, really? Yeah, I would say they did find the perfect one, definitely. Yeah. I initially thought that Captain was voiced by the same um, person that voices Rusty perhaps, but um, but someone online said that they knew that the boy who voiced Captain and um, they were super proud. So uh, oh, that's nice. It is nice. It's very nice. Nice. And apparently, yeah, someone else chimed in that they knew the girl who voiced Maria and she was like a drama student. So um, what an amazing first role um, because oh, Louie's going off so in good. the States. So you can say that, like, you know, you're at drama school and you're in an Emmy award-winning TV show. I mean, amazing. Uh, you'd be so happy, but then you don't get credited in the end credits because they don't credit any of the kids. <laughs> like, I wonder if you can go on IMDb and add yourself. <laughs> like, yeah, it would be I did it. So Mia and Bluey go off to do fairy gardens and uh, Captain and Mackenzie stay behind to do barky boats. At what point, Mare, did you realise that Captain was totally vibing Mia? (laughs) (laughs) Pretty early on. Like he he was a bit anxious for attention, I suppose, that that first scene where, hi, Mia, hi, Mia, hi, Mia, (laughs) was very... Um, and, you know, like every little 12-year-old boy is just, just a bit earnest and um, adorable, I guess. Well, maybe not everyone, but the, the 12-year-old boys of my dreams are. Um, <laughs> definitely 12-year-old Mary would have been answering um, 12-year-old Captain a bit quicker than Mia might have, I think. <laughs> yeah, when he says to Mackenzie, do you want to build a fairy garden? I'm just like, ooh, he got oh, a bad. Like, <laughs> optimism of youth. Like, I know. That might be the most optimistic question ever posed. (laughs) Hey, uh, Mackenzie, do you want to help Bluey build a fairy garden? No? Oh, okay. It's so cute as well watching the six-year-olds trying to understand what's going on. Like, they just can't work it out. (laughs) (laughs) I reckon this was the 
the most sort of, you know, highlighted note I took from this episode, trying to trying to get my head around school next year for Bond Kate. The the line that just breaks your heart that they ran away from us, don't they like us? Oh, Which yeah. Oh, just absolute kind of um, you know, a repeat of butterflies where Bingo was so crushed that Bluey and Judo ran away. Just rejection and, and whether real or kind of just perceived in this episode is just the most heart-wrenchingly sad moments of Bluey, I reckon. And, you know, it's kind of the thing that I feel like parents want to protect their kids from the most, but probably protect isn't the right word. Like all you can do is kind of give them the resilience to deal with it because that is just such a classic thing to happen at school. Like you yeah. get kind of rejected. I can find a better one. I'll help you. Okay. Won't be long, Hey! Aww. Yeah, it's such a huge thing that I know I've been grappling with too, so it's so refreshing to hear that you've been feeling it too, Mare, because in my mind, Bond's a very cool kid and he should be absolutely flying. Um, Will is a real introvert and I do wonder sometimes, like his teachers always tell me he's got friends and stuff, but I think because I struggled a bit at primary school, I always worry that he might struggle as well and knowing what that feels like just heightens everything. I'm sure lots of other parents out there would feel that same sort of nervousness watching their own kid take those steps into the world as well. Um yeah, and that sense of, like, are you going to be okay, you know, for parents and for kids um, of any age. And I think that's what really, I mean, yeah, I got quite emotional actually with um, where they're sitting there and then Calypso comes over, Calypso to the rescue. Don't they like us? Of course they do. But it can be hard being 12 years old sometimes. What do you mean? Here, give me those barky boats. I'll show you something. This whole sequence just made me, like, that really sort of spoke to that feeling of you can be bobbing around and then are you going to be okay and I don't know if we'll make it. Like, that to me just, just it sort of captured all that beautiful uncertainty and hope but fear at the same time. Oh, yeah. oh that scene is just perfection. Um, yeah, like... It's perfect for adults. I do wonder if there was really enough kind of concreteness in it for Bluey and Mackenzie to make any sense of it or if they were just like, yeah, it's got there. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, obviously that was just there to resonate with the adults so hard. Well, yeah, because in my mind I'm like seeing the twists and turns of life and these two little creatures being tossed and turned around with all the – ups and downs and then are they going to make it? That's the bit that actually really gets me every time when Bluey says, Hang on, buddies! Yeah, hang on, buddies! They went this way and that way. Ah, are they going to make it? I don't know. I did note someone on um, the socials noted that when the boats get down to the pond at the end, they do um, bump noses and maybe kiss. Yeah. <laughs> Very exciting given that the boats are a metaphor for uh both uh, Mackenzie and Bluey and maybe me and Captain as well. Oh. But, yeah, the idea that, yes, you are going somewhere and it's exciting on the way and it's lovely when you get there is just um, just gorgeous. And they live happily ever after. 
Just be patient, children. Speaking of just gorgeous, we haven't talked about fairy gardens, which, oh my gosh, oh. I feel like the fairy garden uh, moments of this episode just just need a whole recap just by themselves. Okay. Yeah. Was your heart just one? Yes, because um, I'm obsessed with flowers and all that sort of stuff anyway. But, like, yeah, I was the kid, like, constantly raiding the garden and picking every bright thing in my parents' yard to um, make little scenes and stuff, and much to their uh, interest. Um, <laughs> but how beautiful. Like, it, it was just... To me, this was the honey moment where she unveils the gnome village in. Yes, and very similar. Yeah, it was absolutely gorgeous. I just think, um, like they had like things like it was like a little, um, like a pincushion flower or a waratah or something. Yeah, I didn't know what that was, but it becomes the fire. Yeah, yeah, and then like how they used like gum nuts, and then even just the location with like. Oh, well, yeah, yeah just the like curtains of wisteria just making yeah. the perfect little world for them. Oh, um, I spotted what? everlasting flowers as well maybe and then water lilies and lily pillies as well are the things the uh, kids are collecting. Yeah, just um, stunning. Like, yeah. Art department, wow. Dear fairies, Dad bought new grass, but I had ants in it and he couldn't find the ant powder and Mum was like, where'd you last have it? And he said, oh, look. We've already mentioned um, Costa Kassab, one of the art directors, this episode, but I think that was very much his um, his baby designing those little scenes. And um, I was thinking like real overtones maybe of um, Mae Gibbs, which is yeah. the sort of very Australiana gumnut babies um, and lots of the Australian bush gets turned into, um, you know, gumnuts become little hats and um, Banksias become slightly racist uh, <laughs> baddies. Um, but, yeah, like, it, you know, most of it's lovely. Um, yeah, and, like, the blossom becomes, like, yeah, and things. Yeah, but then I was um, watching a conversation on um, Twitter that uh, one viewer said to Costa, oh, it reminded her of Cucumber Quest, which I hadn't heard of. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so down a yet another Wikipedia rabbit hole, the money is in the mail, guys. Um, <laughs> it's a webcomic that was um, illustrated by um, an artist called Gigi DG since 2011, and it went for eight years. It was um, characters Cucumber and his sister Armand, who are kind of these fantasy characters going on fantasy quests and adventures. Vegetables or minerals? Uh, They seem to have like human faces, rabbit ears, and every character is related to a food in some way. Right. So anyway, yeah, if if you're looking for more adorable kids art in your life, I would definitely look up Cucumber Quest. Um, Very similar, like, you know, bright lights illustration, kind of fantasy world. And yeah, the fairy, the fairy garden is very, has a sense of fantasy about it. Oh, but yeah, uh, Costa did say not necessarily the inspiration, but but he was a fan of the series. And I'm just like, oh, really? How many more things are there out there that I just have never even heard of? <laughs> I think I might so many you know, I'm, I'm, my niece has uh, recently joined Instagram, and I'm just like Urban Dictionarying every single thing that she puts on at the moment, and I feel so old. Oh, well, I'll be old with you, Kate. <laughs> nailing Granny's life. Oh, well, look, now I can talk to her about Cucumber Quest, so maybe that'll buy me a bit of cred. Hi. Ah, ah! Sorry, Mackenzie. What are you doing here? She made me come. 
Uh, well, speaking of cred, um, the music in this episode is, deserves full cred to our regular listener, Pete, who uh, got in touch to say that it's a song called The Tribe of Aravan by a brothers duo from Indiana, I think it is, Brandon and Derek Feicher. Um now, we all, like, rave about Taylor Swift releasing two albums last year and, like, how amazing she is. These guys put out ten albums on Spotify last year. They, Whoa. Yeah. They are, if you imagine Enya but make it um, Lord of the Rings, you've got your vibe. So, right. like, they basically do um, instrumental soundtracks but inspired by different things, whether it's, like, elves or India or they've got a whole album about China. So they obviously have vivid imaginations and just go like deep into this whole. But, I mean, the music in this is just absolutely gorgeous. Um, I've actually been listening. Pete started a, a Spotify list and we do have our friends Classical Bluey, but if you look up Bluey soundtrack on Spotify, Pete's added a couple more. Um, so including Tribe of Aravan. I'm think- I might send you the link, Mare, so we can link it to our um, Bluey playlist on Spotify. Uh, that sounds so great because, um, yeah. yeah, we have so much to talk about about the Bluey soundtrack as well, right? Oh, like, Oh, my God. Uh, In all my life, Mary, I can only think of a couple of acts that have made it really big in America. It's like Savage Garden, uh, Kylie, maybe, um, with Kylie <laughs> out of my head, and now Tones and I has been doing really well. And Gautier, I think. Okay, um, yep. Somebody I used to went know went, went pretty big over there. But the Bluey album has been like number seven in the US charts since. Like a debut number seven. Yeah. After 24 hours. Like. Yeah, that's incredible. I mean, I'm not surprised it went number one in Australia because we know how popular it yeah, is. That was just us listening to it over and over I again. But, yeah, to see it go to number seven in the States kind of gave me this whole new sense like, oh, actually, they're really big over there now. Um, on a scale of one to ten, though, Mary, how much do you love the new Bluey album? Oh, it is transcendent like we haven't listened to anything else um probably the biggest side of the impact it's made in our house apart from the constant game of keepy uppy that's been going <laughs> is age set his alarm for the gym this morning and at five thirty, floating through our bedroom was the there's a place song from the creek oh, that is my favorite <laughs> song on the album um, I think beautiful. it's so beautiful. It's just strings and gorgeousness and, yeah, and I did not mind being woken up at 5.30 uh, under those circumstances, which <laughs> was really nice. <laughs> just her code for saying she did mind a little bit, but she'll forgive it. It's well, that's bad. true. But <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to admit it did make me realise, oh, age is, you know, really embracing this. Um and put me in mind of uh, my dad, who's listening. Hi, Dad. Um, who, for the last decade at least, his ringtone on his phone has been the theme music from Baba. 
which I don't know if that evokes emotion for you, Kate. Were you a Baba watcher? Yeah, absolutely. I was all like, yeah. Bring it. Yeah, so it's like piano and then strings and then flute. Like it's it's a almost wordless. Um, well, it, it, there's no words. You hear one of the characters say Uncle Arthur in it, and that's all that happens. Um, so even less words than the Bluey uh, intro. So that's not many words. Um, but yeah, it's just you know it's old, but it's gorgeous. And Dad was just like, it's perfect. It will be my ringtone forevermore. And now I've realised, oh well, maybe Uncle Arthur. Uh, um maybe yeah age just isn't actually that far and maybe oh have I married my dad maybe luckily so he won't hear me uh suggesting that (laughs) I know a place where the grass is greener let's get back to the plot um yes so while Calypso is giving lessons of life to Bluey and Mackenzie, Mia and um, Captain have wandered off and they're talking about uh, everything from Lily Pillies to big school. But there's also um, some apprehension there when they get onto the topic of going to big school. Unpack this with me, Mary. How are you feeling at this point in the show? I just think it's so realistic that it's so rare kind of at school and in the playground and that you do just get kind of one-on-one conversation time without someone, you know, being (laughs) Captain and me uh, sitting in a tree or, you know, like not even boy-girl, but just actually getting to sit down and really talk about your feelings, you know, like let alone school anywhere. Like it is rare to just talk honestly about feelings and connect with someone without interruption and without kind of expectation and all that kind of thing. So yeah. like that alone is pretty good reason to connect for me. I can see why um, why they sort of looking so transported. Are you nervous about starting high school? A little. Me too. At least we'll be there together. Um, do you remember having those conversations at the end of primary school, Kate? Oh, look, I just remember getting to 13 and every conversation seemed so deep. And now at the, like, on reflection, I'm just like, it would have been so inane to anyone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, the fact that Mia and Captain can really open up to each other about how they're feeling about big school is lovely. Um, even if it is fleeting because they do remember their buddies are waiting for them. Uh, who who can relate to yeah screamy five year olds like <laughs> interrupting things you're trying to do, um, but but you really see kind of the twelve year olds trying to be grown up as they do return to Bluey and um, Mackenzie and you know apologetic and trying to explain and you know you're obviously really realizing yeah, yeah it's just. It's kind, you know, they, the boys have their kind of, you know, cool handshake that they do to make up kind of thing. And, um, and Mia piggybacks Bluey back off to the fairy garden. And yeah, it's, it's a nice kind of like, yeah, it isn't just the potential romantic relationships in this episode that it matters. It's actually, yeah, the fact that they've made these bonds with their buddies and Mm -hmm. you can really see that. 
Yeah. Yeah, and the, the willingness to try and make it up, like Captain being like, oh, we're going to do the biggest one ever. And um, <laughs> Mia's like, yep, let's go write that letter now. Okay, ready, boy. Dear Ferris, Dad bought new grass. It had ants. There was some consternation online, actually, Mia, which I think we should talk about, um, that Bluey, for whatever reason, people interpreted as this maybe Bluey couldn't write. And so I did a little bit of wormholing myself on this. Um, okay. You know, we've discussed in previously that it looks like very much a Steiner school and apparently they don't mm-hmm. start teaching um, uh, writing skills and reading skills formally until students are seven. Um, and there's a whole lot of literature which they say backs it up, but it really does seem like someone just picked a random like age and went, right, seven, seven's the magic number. Um, and they do like, they do a lot of literacy based activities, but it's all through play. So early years, that's why we see Calypso singing and poetry and things like that. That's how they explore use of language. Um, and also even when they do start literacy stuff, it's very much based on what the students are interested in. So there's almost like a drive, a self-drive for, for learning. Um, apparently it's quite successful. So, um, yeah, I just find the whole thing very interesting actually. Well, and Mia is obviously quite literate by 12, so yeah. obviously something has gone right in that Steiner schooling, so yeah, exactly. we can take a lot of hope from that. I love my buddy Mia because she can do the splits and she gives me piggybacks. Oh, I love giving you piggybacks. Please get the ants out of Dad's grass. And also look after Mia when she goes to big school, even though she isn't scared. Uh, Good luck at big school, Mia and Captain. Um, I really hope we see them again. I don't know how that could come about. Or or meet some of the other buddies. Like, I'd really like to know the Rusty and Rusty's buddy dynamic, possibly. Is is he just getting dragged out on patrol even though he's the big kid? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah. I can imagine that Rusty would uh, make an invigorating case for why anyone should be playing ARMY. Yeah. It would be lovely to see um, Indy's buddy, actually. I wonder who they paired her up with, if it's a similar spirit or maybe it's someone who's a bit more straight-laced. There's so much potential for clash in that situation, but I guess you only, you know, once a week, once a fortnight, you know, yeah. you, you make it work. Like the excitement <laughs> all through this episode is so palpable. It's really cute. I'm sold on the buddy program, definitely. And make sure she doesn't forget to come and play with me. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Hug, hug, hug. Hey, I think we have made it to the end of this episode. Well, just, Kate. Uh, I just wanted to know how many times you cried in the episode, Mary, because to be honest, I mean, oh. online it was going to be a, an emotional roller coaster, and. Yeah, I think I was definitely feeling it watching that little barky boat go this way and that way. That was the big one, but then Mia almost tears up um, writing the fairy letter because Bluey obviously has this kind of heroic vision of her going off to big school. Um, Yeah, and and that's a gorgeous sort of subplot as well because Mia tells Bluey at the start she's not scared of big school, but, you know, as a momentary thing. It's a growth journey for everyone, Barky Boats, and, uh, you know, expertly guided by Calypso, and I just love it. Who's your most valuable player for this episode, Mary? Oh, look, I think it's Captain because Mm. he gets 
Mia to kind of actually confront what she might be feeling scared about. Oh, nice call. And also I just want a dog called Captain, so <laughs> case closed. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm going to go with Calypso just with that beautiful explanation. I also love that she voiced the title card in this episode as well. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. I think she did in Mums and Dads as well. Oh, nice. When we did Bluey Trivia, I tried to create a question, you know, who has voiced title cards apart from Bluey and realised actually it's quite a lot of characters and I couldn't be bothered going through all of them to work it out. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it ended up that I think we asked the question and then clearly didn't know um, because I am a Slack a trivia question writer. So <laughs> feel free to at us all the different episodes where that has happened. But there are a lot. And sometimes it's hard to tell if it's Bingo and Bluey or Bluey as well. That's true. Um, actually, and Calypso also gets my most valuable player because she does get through a lot of knitting while she's in the classroom. <laughs> I'm like, all right, so both of my parents are teachers and I can tell you right now, any teacher that is watching the show would just be like, yeah, looking after that many students without the help of AIDS, you would not oh. be knitting. You would not be knitting at all. Then nine, then ten, then eleven, then... I can't hold it any longer! Anyway, Mary, it's been a journey and it's lovely to be back in the swing of things. Oh, Kate, it's so nice to talk to you. I'm so glad school is back, uh, literally and figuratively. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I'm just like, I think if it wasn't for COVID and us still needing to wear masks at drop off, I I would be hugging the teachers when we see them next. (laughs) Like, yeah, it's going to be – as day of celebration for every member of the McMahon family. So. Uh, we'll be oh, celebrating Liz. with you, celebrating with all the mums and dads out there about to uh, bundle them back and, yeah, sending all the resilience to all those little kids dealing with the, all the situations of the classroom. <laughs> you can find us on the socials. In the meantime, uh, it is uh, BlueyPod on uh, Facebook and Bluey Pod on Instagram as well. You can find us on Twitter at Bluey Podcast and you can email us at blueypod at gmail.com. Please do all of those things. Um, we will get to some mailbag in future episodes and catch up on a lot of lovely correspondence over the break. Thank you for everyone for sticking with us uh, for that extended break. We definitely needed it. Um, and yeah, we're very glad to be back. Thanks so much, Kate. Love you. Love you. And in the meantime, uh, it's got to be done. (laughs) Bye. See you, Mackenzie. See you, Bluey. Bye. Bye.